More with Take Control author Josh Centers on his newest book about iOS 15 and iPadOS 15. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world-class software. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two in a two-part conversation with Josh Centers about his new Take Control book, Take Control of iOS 15 and iPadOS 15. The first time around, we talked in general about some of the features that are coming to both operating systems and some of the ones that are being left on the table, at least for now, and why that's not necessarily a bad thing. We pick back up with just some discussions of iPadOS, the beta process, and a whole lot more. So let's go back and let Josh do the talking. We've heard a lot about some of those things, and I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out just how useful they are going to be in practice. I, I loved your example, though, because I've, I've done exactly that. You know, you, you crawl inside a refrigerator or a stove or, you know, under something, and you, you need the model number, you need the serial number, and you, you snap that picture, and it's great. But to be able to then... T- crawl back out first and then take that copy it put it into a web search or put it into you know something to find exactly what you're looking for is i mean you're right that's a little thing but it's huge because it's a way that you actually use something on your phone Mm -hmm. yeah totally and um another way they're integrating that so in iOS 14, Apple came out with that Translate app. And I think most people were like, okay, whatever. You know, Google's got one already. Uh, so Apple's taking that to the next level with iOS 15. Uh, it's on the iPad now, uh, as it should be. And also, they, they've turned Translate into a system-wide service. So you can select text anywhere, and and you get that little popover, and you can tap Translate, and you can translate it into English or whatever language you like. And and that integrates it with all that text capture stuff, right? You know, so let's say you're in Japan and you see a sign somewhere and there's not an English translation. Well, you can you can select that text in the camera app and and tap translate and translate it right there in the camera, which is a uh, you, you know you know pretty freaky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I know we've been talking in general, we've been sort of shifting back and forth. Anything else on the iPad that, uh, since we're all looking at our iPads as more productivity devices than probably ever before, um, but anything that, that again, jumps out at you, big or small, that you found useful? It, it's not a super big iPad year. I, I think I've covered most of it. Now, now, one neat little thing they've added that hasn't been talked about much is the, the iPad has a, a menu bar of sorts now. So, um, let me pull up. Uh, okay, here we go. I have to check. I have to read my own book to <laughs> check myself. So, so uh, you, you know how in uh, so in I in iPad OS fourteen and for a few versions now you can press and hold the command key on a hardware keyboard, and it pulls up um, uh, all the keyboard shortcuts in an app, right? So like, you know, it's a nice little thing. Well, they've actually turned that into its own sort of menu bar that you can swipe through and select stuff in. So I, I don't know how useful that's going to be for people, but um, 
it, it is interesting. It's it, it makes the iPad just a little bit more Mac like. But um, while the iPad doesn't get a, a ton of new stuff, I uh, I think what it gets is pretty good. I mean, you got the the home screen widgets, uh, uh, the app app library. Uh, quick note, uh, the new multitasking stuff. I, I mean, you know, if you're expecting a total overhaul of the iPad this year, you're not going to get it. But I, I think those are all pretty good things. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I don't think people want a total overhaul. You know, the, we all have stuff we want to get done, whether it's business or pleasure. And so, you know, I, I in some ways, to be honest with you, I kind of like the idea that some of these features, the bigger features, are going to roll out a little bit at a time, because then that mm -hmm. that way everybody they'll get a little press of their own, if you will, and you know that'll mm -hmm. be the hot topic for a week, meaning people are more likely to be a little bit aware of it. Um, so I don't know. That's just that's my theory. I don't know if it holds true or not, especially if it's something that you just can't wait for, and it's one of the last features they they're looking to release then I guess it can be frustrating. I think it certainly has some benefits for users and that, you know, you, you can kind of learn a few, uh, a few other things, you know, a little, you've learned things a little slower. I think it also has that benefit for Apple and that, you know, that helps them provide greater stability, but it also, um, also helps keep excitement going, right? That's, that's been one of the big debates in, in streaming, media you know netflix likes to take a show and just dump all the episodes at once and so nobody ever talks about it and then disney likes to you know bring out one episode a week you know and, and then everyone's you know talking about the episode when it happens uh so i i do think there are benefits to uh you know kind of drawing it out a little bit it's just annoying for me as a book author because i'm you know trying to figure out what to document <laughs> apple keeps changing what's going to be there well, and also, you know, as you said, you've been as you've been writing this book, they've been taking features out, putting them back in, tweaking mm -hmm. them, you know. So, um, Josh, what what's your feeling on? Because we've talked about this a number of times in the show. What's your feeling about the public beta process? Um, is it a good thing? Uh, because it seems to set some people's expectations for things. Is it a bad thing because it means there are more support calls for, for developers and even to Apple for features that really shouldn't be supported yet or shouldn't be expected to be supported yet? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can't speak for developers. Uh, I, I'm sure they have some of their own challenges, but I mean, I mean, they, they had challenges before when people were installing the, the developer betas and didn't really have business doing that. So um, I, I think it's been good overall because um, we've seen more stable, I, you know, final releases than we used to. Uh, I haven't heard about too many people having major problems with the public betas. I mean, I'm sure people have, but I mean, you, you kind of go into it understanding that, you uh, you, you're going to have some issues. You might have some issues. And then also you have things like, you know, for instance, the Safari redesign. You, you know, it, I have to wonder if we wouldn't have seen Apple relent on some of that if not for public betas, if Apple didn't have that public feedback. You know, uh, would it have been like the Apple before? Like, no, this design is genius and, and you're going to love it. And everyone's going to love it and be happy or else. And then and then people get it day one and it's a litany of complaints and bad press. And then, you know, you're you're using it wrong. And then finally they, they end up doing the same thing. So, you know, I, I think in stuff like that, I think it helps save Apple a lot of embarrassment. You know, when they come out with something that just 
you know, not, not as baked as it should be. Um, it gets a lot more scrutiny and also it takes away some of this veil of secrecy. You know, I, you know, I, I used to, uh, every now I don't, we don't write tons of stuff, but tidbits about the betas, but every now and then I would write something and, and there'd always be like angry readers who'd, who'd say something like you signed an agreement with Apple. Let's do you have a sacred bond. And like, I'm like, Steve Jobs might have cared. Tim Cook's never cared. He's never cared, um, and and we've never had a problem from it. No one, no one's ever gotten mad. No one cares because every other Apple publication in the world does the same thing. But now you know it's all public. It's all out there. I mean, uh, you, you know, and and I, I think it's for the better. I mean, you know, what did Apple gain from the secrecy? You know, nothing really. I mean, Google just ripped all their stuff off anyway. So I mean. Uh, you know, that hasn't changed. So, I mean, we, we get more stability, we get more openness, uh, we get more public feedback uh, and hasn't seemed to create a support nightmare, at least, at least not tidbits. I mean, I don't hear from a lot of readers who've installed public betas and then come crying to us for help. I mean, you know, you gotta know what you're getting yourself into. Well, that's interesting perspective on the safari because I, th I think you're right, uh, especially with a radical change like that. You know, maybe the public beta was good for all those people who screamed and yelled about it. Uh, so, but again, we don't know what's going to be in the actual final release. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who knows? Apple may throw the kitchen sink back in and we'll just go through that period of howling and complaining and all. Yeah, I mean, um, really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Josh, I guess the last question, and, and you may have already answered it, mm -hmm. how comfortable do you think people can be with installing the this day one when, it's a, when it comes out to be released? Um, is it something or is it one that you say, well, maybe I'll wait till 15.1? Well, it's always worth waiting until 15.1. Um uh, but you know, if you want to install it day, I mean, well, let's break that down in terms of stability. I, I think it'll be fine. I could be wrong because there, there have been times, you know, like I mentioned with iOS 13 where the betas were more stable than the actual release. Um, so always worth waiting at least a day or two, see what kind of problems. And also, and this, the good thing about the public betas is you get a much larger testing pool, but, but still, you know, you're gonna have an even larger testing pool. On, on day one of release. And there might be stuff that, that no one in the beta had a problem with, and then it becomes a mass issue on day one. So so it always pays to wait a few days. Um, plus, on, the, on day one, the servers are gonna be slammed. So it's it's gonna take a long time to download. It's gonna be frustrating. I don't bother. If, if I didn't already have the, because I already have like the final version installed by then, and then I turn off the, the beta certificate, and, and then I just, start rolling with the, I'll get like, I'll get like the 1501 or, you know, whatever they come out with after that. If not for that though, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother on day one because, uh, it's, it's too annoying. Um, the other thing to consider too, there's a couple of things you need to consider. One is the Safari redesign, assuming Apple goes with it. Uh, you, you may not be ready for that yet. And if so, that's fine. Um, Adam Inks wrote an article about this uh, at Tidbits a, a couple of years ago. That's very, very much worth reading anytime you know big Apple changes are coming. And it's uh, I can't remember the exact title, but it's basically you know uh, upgrade but on your own terms, right? So uh, you know, for instance, I did not, I never installed Catalina on this particular machine because I didn't want to, because um, I didn't like it. 
so I kept Mojave on there and eventually got to the point where I was like, you know, Big Sur came and and I was like, well, sooner or later I'm going to install this. I'm getting too out of out of touch with with the up to date Mac user. And then I installed it and it was a huge mess until this very last update. So, you know, I, I was kind of still kicking myself until a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the, the reality is, you know, sooner or later, assuming you stay in the Apple ecosystem, you have to update, right? Like they're not gonna give you a choice. So, you know, it, it, if you don't like the way Safari is, I mean, and again, remember, and I tell you how to do this in the book, it's very simple. You can, you can undo the Safari change, right? Um, and I don't think there's any other radical changes that are going to throw people off. Um, the third thing, I don't, this is like a show in and of itself, and, and I'm not going to get too far into it here, but if you're concerned about the Apple CSAM detection in photos uh, for privacy reasons, and again, I'm not going to go super deep into that because we could spend I mean, we've spent hours debating it behind the scenes at Tidbits, right? So like, I don't, I don't want to open that can of worms. But I, ha I, I have to tell people that's something that's going to be included in iOS 15. It often gets ca incorrectly called photo scanning. It's not because the photos are already scanned. But essentially what Apple is doing is, bef and this for now only applies if you use iCloud Photos, which I think pretty much everyone does because I, they really push you into using it. So what basically what happens is, so when Apple's scanning all your photos for handwriting and to see if you have pictures of dogs and all those other features you like in photos, it's also checking to see if you have select images of child sexual abuse, right? Like that's the sort of the politically correct way of, of they put it now. And, uh, and if you do have that, then they, you know, call the law on you basically. So uh, it's a very controversial change. Um, as far as I know, it's not um, active in iOS 14, but it will be active in iOS 15. And so if you take issue with that, you know, you, you, I don't think Apple's gonna back down from it. So you're, you're gonna have to decide what you're going to do there, whether you're gonna stick with Apple or do something else or stay in iOS 14 forever. Um, but that's something you should consider, something you should be aware of uh, you know, before you go ahead with the update. Mac Voices is supported by Smile, the makers of world-class software like Text Expander. If you are a team leader or a team member, that means consistency of communication with each other and with your customers is more important than ever, but also more difficult than ever. Enter Text Expander. Text Expander from Smile not only saves time and money by automating those words, sentences, paragraphs, or pages so that they can be summoned with just a few characters, it also introduces accuracy and consistency. Each time that snippet is used, it is exactly as created the first time. No individual variations, no typos, because you are tired of typing the same thing over and over. That means that once deployed to your team, no matter where they are, they will be using that snippet to respond to customer inquiries and creating documents with exactly what you intended, saving them time and making you look great. Invest a few seconds, literally a few seconds, in creating a text expander snippet and get paid back every single time you use it. And that can mount up to a lot of payments, since you will be using text expander multiple times an hour. Find out just how easy it can be to be more accurate and more productive by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast right now. Find out some of the ways that a wide variety of businesses use Text Expander to be better. That's textexpander.com slash podcast to see what Smile, 
the makers of world-class software, have to offer you and your business. Thanks to Smile for their ongoing support of Mac Voices. Yeah, I, we too have done a bunch, uh, some serious discussions here on Mac Voices about that, and it, and it's a touchy subject because at least I feel like you, can, I can see both sides of it. I understand what Apple's trying to accomplish. I understand the privacy concerns, and I'm not sure there's really a right answer at this point, so, except to say that if you're not comfortable with it, it's not like Apple is forcing you to use the part of the service that that is that process is being performed on. So then just don't mm-hmm. use that part of the service. Seems simple. Right. Although, although that's, that's easier said than done, let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah, you're, you're in the ecosystem and, you know, the, the ecosystem comes with some good things and some maybe things that you don't prefer. And so you have to make, you either have to make some active choices to avoid it um, or just let it go and figure that, yeah, it, it's one of those things that if, as long as I'm not engaged in it, it's not going to bother me. So I, I want to circle yeah, way I, back. Oh. Go ahead. Pardon me. No, I was just going to say, I, I, again, I, I didn't want to, you know, get into a debate about it. That's that's a whole other 12 or, you know, 20 shows or so. But you know, I, I do just want to let people be aware. That's, that's something to consider. Yeah. I, I do want to circle way back because there was something there you said that reminded me a question I wanted to ask you. You said that the on-device on Siri is is a whole lot faster. Um, can you give me an idea of what kind of things you found that are so you feel like are, are significantly faster? Well, just you know, just little stuff like like pause this, play that, um, you know, start a timer. You know, just the really simple stuff you use Siri for. You know, it used to be, you know, it like wait and wait and wait and wait and because it would have to contact a server and do that. And, and I still have that problem with some things, right? Like, you know, like there's there's been a bunch of queries I've had on Siri this past week while I'm sitting in my house. I ask it to do something. It's like, hmm, I'm seeing the things are spinning, you know, and I don't, I don't know what's up with that. I strongly, uh, I strongly suspect it's because it's trying to get to the right server and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, things like, for instance, if I'm out uh, in the field, like literally out in the field and I don't have any network connectivity and I, I was doing this today, I was, I was running some, some field tests for an article uh, I'm working on. And as I will say, Hey, Hey, uh, I'm not going to say it. We say start, start a timer for five minutes. And it was just able to do it. And it was like, you know, it took like a second or two. It wasn't, it wasn't as instant as I would like. Maybe iPhone 13 will make it more instant, but I mean, it was much faster. Cause I mean, let's, let's be honest. Siri is often dog slow. At least it is for me. Like, I mean, you know, there's oftentimes you, you ask it to do something. It takes like 10 seconds or more for it to kick in. But, you know, for me, uh, you know, it, it's not so much the speed as the fact it does it at all, right? Like, that's that's always been the annoying thing. Like, you know, I, I, I forget to use Siri because I'm I'm off-grid so much of the time. So it's totally useless. But now, you know, I can ask it to do these things, you know, when I'm camping or I'm out in the woods or something, you know. So uh, I, I might be more inclined to use Siri now, you know, if it's, if it's available all the time, if, if it's more reliable, if... You know, if it can do things, you know, simple things, you know, I'm not expecting to pull up, you know, stuff from Wikipedia while I'm offline. Um, but, you know, like just 
things like basic playback control, things like timers, you know, stuff like that, you know, that, that you shouldn't have to make a 3000 mile round trip to do, you know, that, you know, I, I'll be more inclined to use Siri if it's uh, more reliable in that sense. Um, this occurs to me that, cause this is something I've been kind of wanting for, hoping for, but let's say you're out in the middle of the field and mm -hmm. you remember that, Hey, I forgot to put, you know, that appointment to, you know, get my haircut on, on your calendar. Can, can mm -hmm. you tell, well, I guess that, that's not a good example because that would be more of a sync issue, but are, are there things that you can do to queue up something so that it will then go through, you know, once you get reconnected? That's a good question. Honestly, I haven't tried it yet, but I mean, I, I can try it now. Uh, so I have this in airplane mode. So let's see. Um, remind me to walk the dog tomorrow. Oh, won't let me do it unless, unless I turn off airplane mode. Oh, set a timer for five minutes. Okay, so I'll set a timer in airplane mode, but it won't do reminders. So so a lot of this stuff's like, you know, okay. really basic that it will do offline. Um, you know, which which for me is a big improvement, but you know, it you know, might still be some glitches and hiccups here and there. Well, sure, but you know, it's I mean, this is the only way you find out, and sometimes it's the only way that Apple finds out about the way people want to use their devices. So mm -hmm. and you know, at, at some point, I keep reminding people, this is not magic. You know, it's still technology, and so mm -hmm. we still have an evolution of things to get to Star Trek. So, mm -hmm. um, so this this interview will go out as when the book is available. Um, do you have any pricing on it yet, or is that not determined as we record this? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be the same pricing as last year, and Joe just told me. So the new price will be ten ninety nine, which is the same as last year, and I, I forget what the upgrade pricing was last year. I want to say it was five ninety nine, something like that. So you know, if if you have taken control of iOS fourteen and iPad OS fourteen, then uh, you'll you'll pay a cheaper price. Um, but in, in any case, the book's really cheap. It's about hundred pages long. Uh, starting last year, so for a long time, I had the same book and I just updated it and added, you know, the new stuff in there. Uh, and had a lot of like basic iOS stuff and, uh, you know, based on reader feedback, we, uh, we, we, we cut the, I have one chapter on the basics, you know, if you, but at this point, most people have used an iPhone, um, to, you know, and know how to use it to some degree. So, uh, we, we focus just all on the new stuff. So it's over a hundred pages almost exclusively on, on the new stuff, uh, document in and out. So it's, you know, be all fresh stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a pretty cheap book, even if you're buying it new. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, as we said throughout this interview, there are so many little things that if you don't pay attention or don't know about them, you may not take advantage of them, or you may not know how to make them work. And so that's what Josh's mm -hmm. book is always for. Of course, takecontrolbooks.com. Yeah, we, we covered very. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say we covered very little of it in this interview. We just touched on it, just a handful of things. There's this is a release with lots and lots of little small stuff, and a lot of things are probably going to uh, fix a lot of annoyances you've had for a while, because um, that, that's the case for me. So uh, you know, I would encourage you to get the book and check it out, and you know, see what you you learn from it. 
And of course, takecontrolbooks.com is where you go to get Josh's book, um, get Joe's book on, uh, on, on Mac OS 15 and, you know, all the other take control authors producing great take control content. Josh, it's great to have you back. We got to do this again. I know we had talked about having you back to talk a little bit about, uh, prepper stuff from a tech standpoint. We got to get that scheduled. Okay, yeah, we, we kind of touched on it on uh, the, the holiday episode I did a while back. But, yeah, we could definitely um, go over tech prepping. And, uh, it, it, you know, so, so for people who don't know, I also contribute to a site called The Prepared. Um, you know, Adam Inks of Tidbits likes to joke that I'm the only Apple prepper guy on the, the whole Internet. But, you know, the, the reality is, you know, preparing for, uh, you know, preparing for unfortunate circumstances is really just part uh, of being a responsible adult. Like a lot... A lot of you watching right now are probably some sort of prepper. You know, if, if you back up your computer, you know, you're you're preparing for some eventuality, right? You know, you know people people like to think of preppers as paranoid. You know, are people who back up their computers paranoid? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Someone's going to sort of steal your computer. Your computer's just going to crash. Those things don't happen. You know, so uh, you know, there, there's definitely a technology angle there. You know, to having a, you know. A, being prepared for un- unforeseen circumstances with your computer and your, especially your data. Yeah. We, we got to get that done. Um, because I, you know, unfortunately I know that you've seen the same things I've had have on the evening news, a lot of being, a lot of people being hit by fires, floods, you know, everything. And so it's not mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, we, we do, we tend to joke about that kind of thing as politically motivated and it really should have nothing to do with that. It should just have to do with some good common sense things that you can do. And especially for this show from a tech standpoint to, to make yourself a little better prepared. So yeah, we'll get Josh back as the only Apple prepper on the internet. We, we got him. We got him. (laughs) Josh, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. I'm looking to iOS uh, and iPad OS 15. After all the all the hype and all the selling and all the betas, now I want to get my hands on it and play with it. And Josh's book is going to be my guide. It should be yours too. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at Cashfly.com.